Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Rough in the Diamonds, the show where we review the worst of the best. We're here to find out if a little leaven will spoil the whole loaf. I'm Nathan and this is my main man, Dave. Hey there. Now brace yourself to throw the baby out with the bathwater as we project our poisoned views on everything you love because you deserve us at our worst. Absolutely. Dave. How are you today? I am doing fine and dandy. Thank you very much. I am calling in from the lovely country of Japan. May I say you cover your Japanese accent very, very well. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like that's kind of a natural. I've been here a couple of months getting there, just sounding a bit more Japanese every day, hopefully. Beautiful. What a delight. And and what a delight it is for us uh, to do what we do, and that is reviewing amazing television series that have left their mark on mankind and narrowing things down to those episodes that uh, maybe weren't so in line with what Mm. made them great. And uh, tonight we will be actually having a look at an incredible, groundbreaking, world-changing series, Star Trek The Next Generation, Ah. fresh off the presses in 1987, the very first season with uh, the beautiful Sir Patrick Stewart, the lovely... Bolded man. I think you're a bit of a fan, aren't you, Dave? Oh, I, th- I think I am. I think uh, whenever, whenever anyone thinks of Star Trek, the first thing <laughs> they think of is probably that beautiful bald head of Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> the, 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 the X-Man himself. <laughs> the absolute. The Chad, the unit, the man, the myth, the legend. Rob. In. The. Rob. And we don't have to look very far. We don't have to look very far, Dave, for an outrageously out-of-place episode um, in what was set to be, and certainly became, uh, one of the greatest sci-fi series of all time. We're actually looking at episode two. Can you believe it? Episode two, and we've already completely dropped the ball and uh, created something that after watching this this episode, Dave, I might describe as oh I don't know an absolute train wreck and disaster. Yeah, yeah that's certainly not a. I was going to say I'd, I'd put it as an experimental kind of episode. Oh, that's, that's being very generous. I feel like so. And that certainly is the case. We watch the title sequence of of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and that, as the spaceship, uh, the USS Enterprise. Flies through space in what is cutting-edge graphics. Our beautiful Sir Patrick Stewart proclaims that he's going boldly where no man has gone before. And watching this episode, I'm not sure that we're boldly going anywhere at all. Hmm. To boldly go where no one has gone before. As a matter of fact, the very first sentence, the first sentence in this show, the second episode of this entire series where you need new viewers you need to make a mark they had the original series in the 60s and they want new people to come and watch this new show you're trying to convince people that what you've got is amazing they literally say that they are on a routine investigation of like the area what a thrill to kick off with wow just groundbreaking stuff here it's just like oh we've got 
got a just a regular routine patrol of sector 89 cf or whatever and it's like pretty standard then oh something's gonna go wrong oh that's never happened <laughs> oh. before let's whoa, try whoa. this so picture this dave it's not the year 1987 a good year a good year yeah you've, you've sat you, you've sat down um well i shouldn't say you've sat down first you've turned on the television because there's no such thing as a remote control oh, that's you've, true. you've 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 turned the dial on the the big fat tv that takes up half your half your living room um you've sat down on the couch this thing's on it starts up. What do you do? You are. You boot it up. You, you're looking forward to your new favorite show, this uh, TV thing. You haven't seen that many shows, but you hear there's going to be a new groundbreaking show. You're keen to watch it, and 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 it it boldly declares that you're on a, a routine investigation of the area. What do you do? You call your whole family over. What an exciting like, change! Oh, oh, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Um, Uncle Bill. <laughs> oh, oh, cousin Larry. Get over here. You have got to watch this. This is history yep. in the making, folks. Yep, 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 yep. Get up. Put down your 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 corded uh, phone. Run over to the TV. Turn that dial over to channel ten. Make sure you're getting an eyeful for this brand new super thrilling episode. Suffice it to say, this episode doesn't disappoint when it comes to what this show is all about, and that is an absolute disaster where you expect the absolute best. So, shall we get tucked in, Dave? Sounds We're watching. like a good plan to me. It does sound like a good plan, unlike everything any plans that they made during this episode. So we're watching the incorrectly, very poorly named The Naked Now. The Season Naked 1 now. episode. The Naked Now. Before we cut, Dave, can I just say, what? can I ask a question, actually? Why would you call an episode The Naked Now? You hear that name, what do you expect? I mean, so, okay, so... I guess the first thing that would pop to your head is, okay, people are going to get naked. Something's going to happen. Something crazy is going to go down. People are going to get naked. And the word now, okay, it's, it's, it's you know, it's sci-fi. Maybe there's going to be some time travel involved. Time travel. Neither of those things happened. I'm, I'm expecting naked, maybe, and there was maybe no time travel. we're going to be stripping away our conceptions and we're going to be left with the shining diamond reality of the truth. The truth, Dave. Let's do it, Dave. This Sounds is good, Nathan. Season 1, Episode 2, Star Trek The Next Generation, The Naked Now. So, Dave, I have to take something back. They weren't on a routine mission. They were meeting up with a spacecraft that was on a routine yes, mission. Yes, that's correct. Yes, Semantics. So, so the, the show starts in that fashion. They send down the A-team uh, to investigate a serious issue. There are bras and jocks. On the ground, everyone's had a big party. Indications of what humans would call a wild party. And Dave, they're all dead. They're all dead. And uh, those uh, things you're talking about, they're certainly indicators of what humans would call a wild party. Wild party? In the words of Data himself. And uh, they're frozen into very cold, very, very cold popsicles. Everyone, Everyone's bodies are covered in ice. And I couldn't help but notice, I don't know if you saw this, but there's uh, uh, an ice cube frozen man on the ground on the far left of a shot who is clearly still breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, Whoopsie. you just said the last, in the 
the last bit of that scene when I think it's Geordie, he goes and he's like, oh, there's a, a door or something that's trying to close, but it can't close because there's a body stuck in there. Uh-oh, yeah. horror. But anyway, going past that, so he you know, opens the door, this body falls out, and then, like, you can see that, you know, obviously that body's frozen as well, but the face has still got, like, some colour to it when clearly all the other yes. people are just completely frozen and white and they don't have any colour at all, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess maybe he was warmer because he was inside that door or whatever. Yeah, and, and so for the benefit yeah. of our listeners, um, we both watched this twice, uh, once together. Did you notice the weird sound effect this time? I did not, but if I went oh. back... I did not. Which which one were you referring to? Where, there, where is is, there is uh, a 1980s uh, swishy sound effect uh, that Im- implies that he has caught the disease when he touches that dead body. Right. Okay. I was going to make fun of that, but clearly <laughs> clearly that is there for a reason. <laughs> uh, that is there for your subconscious benefit. Yes. But, and- uh, I have a question, Dave. I have a question. Now, look, yes, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a virologist, nor are you. I'm already listed in several biomechanical texts, doctor. But no. I am of the understanding that if you take a disease, a virus, anything of the sort, and uh, you expose it to the vacuum of space, what, a virus that lives inside the human body, I'm thinking that it's probably not communicable at this yes. point. Like if <laughs> He's just if, touched the icy, icy shoulder. It's like the virus is, is well and truly either gone or dead at this point, but, you know, it's whatever. For the and sake just to of add insult to injury, one more question. If someone was to hand you a freezing cold block of ice, in this case, it's... Yeah, well, it's at least freezing. Let's say it's zero degrees. It's a block of ice. Okay. Are you going to hang on to that bad boy? Or are you going to drop it because it's really cold? I think, you know, I, you know what? I feel like I'm leaning towards B. I'm going to have to go with B, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, why don't we uh, move on then and uh, stop poking holes in every single uh, thread possible? All righty. Sounds good. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so anyway, the captain, decide, the captain, Mr. Jean-Luc Picard, decides to recall the crew. Uh, they come back and he says, you know, let's get them all up for a routine checkup, make sure nothing has happened. And first up is Data. He's fine because he's a robot, all good, no problems. Can't make a robot sick. Exactly. And they had max decontamination protocol on the way up. Exactly. So like, if I there was a disease, yeah, it, it would it definitely up. be gone. Just saying. You know, max decontamination to make sure they're all good. But anyway, so after data, then next up is Geordie. So he, he he's lying down on the desk. He's, he's you know he's sweating a bit. He's a, he's a bit hot. He's a sweaty he's, boy. Yeah, he's he's a sweaty boy. He's a growing boy. It's, you know, when teens teens grow up, they get sweaty. That's how it is. True. That's how it works. And then I just this I, I'll admit this pic just made me crack up. Just just his line, his response. The doctor says to Geordie, right? She says. Yep. Okay, why are you perspiring so much? And then he's like, I suppose because you have it too hot in here. <laughs> and then Riker, Riker's, re- yeah. Riker's reply to that is, oh, that's not you, Geordie. And then he says the craziest line. He just says, maybe it's not. Maybe she threw her voice. Why are you perspiring, Lieutenant? I suppose because you have it too hot in here. What else would it be? It doesn't sound like you, Geordie. Well, well, maybe it's not. Maybe she threw her voice. Hey, it's a joke. But I would like to run uh, one or two more tests on you, Lieutenant. 
it's not Lucas. Sick beta bridge. So, like, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it, okay, obviously, Geordie's sick. He's the first one. He's and become like, a petulant child. Exactly. And then you th- you'd think it would be kind of a case of, okay, maybe he's just a bit sweaty, but he's still acting normal. <laughs> but like, it's like that he just goes... Well, he's just a bit been, sweaty. <laughs> he's been back for 10 minutes and he's already, like, losing his mind. So it's, it's very clear that Geordie has, has contracted space ligma now, so... <laughs> there you go. So Geordie has space ligma. This, we've, crack, we've cracked the case. We've, we've told it. You've been wondering for the last seven minutes, what is this terrible disease? <laughs> It's space ligma. Space ligma. <laughs> and they basically just said that from the very start. It's, it's not like he was just, oh, a little bit sweaty. And then he was just like, yeah, I'm, if I'm feeling a little warm, do you mind if I just stay here for a while and recover? But no, he's just like, I suppose because you have it too hot in here. Uh, so, Jordy, as your, as your doctor, I have to ask, have you ever contracted ligma, sugma, or updog <laughs> ever in your life? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. There's, there's clearly a place you have to fill that in on the form. <laughs> I heard you can't give blood up to 12 months after contracting ligma. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. I'm confirmed. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. I mean, we know what's ahead now. We know this is just going to be uh, a show of gallivanting around. <laughs> and everyone, <laughs> every man and his dog... Uh, Contacting the the great the grade A virus of space ligma yeah. aboard the USS Enterprise. Brace yourself, folks. Here it comes. All right. So yeah, they just they just t- told us everything we need to know in the first seven minutes. Cool. That's uh, pretty much the episode. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. See you okay. Later. Let's go so home. this guy, <laughs> this guy is in air conditioned comfort. He's come from the cold vacuum of space, quite literally, where he caught a frozen person. He's sweating. At least get him some therapy. At least give him some paracetamol. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Sleep it off. And I was, I was equally shocked by the next scene. And I, I don't really mean to go scene by scene, but it's just uh, such a bizarre adventure. Commander Riker um, mm-hmm. demands that the robot man do a Google search <laughs> of people showering with their clothes on. Yes. You're like, okay, I guess this is his fetish, I guess. Everyone's got a fetish. You know, no judgment here, but all right. <laughs> He's pro-sharing anti-nudity. <laughs> These are the things that stick in your mind. <laughs> Could the man not perform his own Google search? Yes, and then... I need you to sit here. I need you to Google search people getting showers with their clothes on for me. I'll be back in two hours. Oh, just yeah. Uh, what what a delight! What an unmitigated delight! Ab- abso- absolutely delightful. He's just striker. He's just a gem sometimes. So uh, we 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 have a case of uh, space ligma on the ship. Um, yep. Who knows? It may evolve into um, a case of gulpin. Um, I've heard mm. it it leads to um, even sugondes um, mm. in in really in really <laughs> dire circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, we don't don't want that happening to our to our crew of of the Enterprise this time, do we? <laughs> but I guess we'll just see what happens. Maybe it'll just be space ligma. Maybe it'll come space sugma. But hey, Dave, have knows. you ever heard of Updog? <laughs> oh, what what's Updog, mate? Oh, 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 got him. <laughs> oh, too quick for me. So, Dave, the thing is. 
that this is absolutely bananas at every yeah. step of the way. Later on in, in, in the story, we find out that this is apparently a disease that emulates you being drunk. But I don't think that whoever wrote uh, or directed this has ever actually been drunk in their life. Yes. I mean, it's just sometimes what, what Geordie does, you're like, okay, he's a bit crazy. But then it's like, it's just completely contradictory. It's I don't get it. It's this dude on crystal all. meth. Like, he, he's not making a lick of sense. He's, he's hot. He's burning up, right? So it's yep. like, obviously, he's gone completely whack. And then he just gets up and leaves in the next scene. And then, Yeah, correct. Okay. He, just, he just sneaks out of a medical facility. <laughs> you, you think they'd have, just like, kind of, I guess, more measures in place to prevent that? But I guess, no, they probably have a trust system going on there. But It has less security than a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the future, and they they can't even stop one one patient from leaving. And I, I appreciate like I appreciate there is a structure to this. It does have the elements of an actual story. Um, exactly. They do introduce introduce the key items. It's just the way that it's done is incredibly strange. All of a sudden, we're hanging out in a kid's bedroom, effectively uh-huh. playing with his toys. Yeah, and it's like one thing that that scene is just. It's just it's just kind of it's just amusing to me because mm. it's it's not like it cuts to Geordie walking into the boy's room to say hi to him. He's just there. He's and already there. You see the standing kid there. inappropriately close to him as well. <laughs> and this kid, this kid, right? He's playing with his remote controlled chair that he's made, and then Geordie, Geordie's just <laughs> there watching him. Chair. <laughs> Watch me make this chair fly. <laughs> it's like the future and like the epitome of his science project is making a chair float. That's just incredible. Just groundbreaking. I, mean, I, I appreciate it's the future, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, technology is like uh, magic to we yep. primitives. But here he is wielding the power of the gods, being like, I just built this myself. And the dude's just like, oh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> nice yeah, he's one. just like, yeah, no worries. And and like, and like then, it, like, in this next scene, it's just Geordie's completely different to how he was in the previous scene. Now he's just chilled out. He's just hanging out with this kid. He's having having a good time, being a bit weird, but having a good and, time and nonetheless. Showing off, and showing off um, what's basically a yak back. Yeah, back. Yeah, back. Say it. Don't spray it. He's yeah. got. He's got effectively like a soundboard. Yeah, Remember right. In the it's... early two thousands, people would like download Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboards yeah, and then just randomly not... call people exactly. and make them cry. He's like, hey, hey, I'm gonna call up my mate John. Let's just. Uh... <laughs> he, he thinks that Arnold Schwarzenegger is calling him. <laughs> Amazing. This is Captain Picard. Hi. Wesley. How are you? Do you see me? First, I would like to just get to know you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. You will now return control of this vessel to the bridge where it belongs. No. At once. No. It's, it's just amazing how he's like, he's the kids built this soundboard, and then like, you'd think that would be a pretty kind of major issue given that he's it's you know it's pretty well made this soundboard and it sounds exactly like the captain it's obviously just a recording is made and they're like oh you know i mean i guess there's no could be no possible nothing there's that could no, possibly go wrong no, with that no is repercussions there? here <laughs> absolutely let's not yeah let's not lead our children in the way they should go no. uh, i i think what's st- stood out so far is um the absolute lack of supervision of any type 
yeah, takes like, place aboard the leading what military vessel in the future. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like you could go there. You could be maybe if you weren't like a major person of importance on the crew, you could probably just honestly, I think you could get away with just slacking off at work, just just show up to work, don't actually do anything, just sort of like you know browse like future Facebook or space instagram or whatever all day and honestly get away with it there's just so little supervision it's it's basically the greatest government job of the future yeah exactly as long as as you're around between nine and five um you get great superannuation and you've just got to get minimal paperwork done the boss doesn't even come in living the dream exactly i heard that heard the dental plan's pretty good too that the starship enterprise this is where our hard-earned tax dollars are being wasted yeah, this is a bit of a bit of a sinkhole, really, a cash sinkhole. But there you are, maybe a cash wormhole, even. A cash wormhole, I like it. Mm. This show does have a good structure, though. I mean, yes, the mm. the the graphics and the effects are really exceptional for the time. Mm. You have the disease that's on board. Clearly, something is going to go wrong. Uh, uh, there's the clue they they seek about researching and cracking the clues and breaking the case open. There's the false positive. They try to explain what it is and why it apparently actually makes sense um, to the story. Uh, meanwhile, the disease spreads. The researchers themselves get infected. Add that to people pashing and making out in the hallways and uh, generally, you you would have quite a good storyline. Yeah, like it's like sometimes it's like there's a few scenes in this episode. Well, the episode itself is pretty off the rails. There's a few scenes that are actually kind of well put together, and it makes a lot of sense. You're like, okay, that that was well done. But then they just sort of throw it off by just going, okay, yeah, screw screw that. What we all just said. Let's just make this character say something completely ridiculous that doesn't even make sense to the story. And, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? That because it's a sci-fi, it, it just has to be bizarro. But there's most TV series that have any sort of exploratory or forensic or real deep fiction sort of aspect to them would have an episode like this. They just don't burn their bridges with completely unnecessary craziness. Yeah, like some of the lines of the dialogue, just some of the lines of dialogue here are just, just, just weird. I think, I mean, the fact that we can make an episode about this, yeah, that that's proof enough, is it not? Is 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 proof enough? I seem to go every couple of scenes, and there's something in my notes that just says, "Why would you do this? <laughs> this is this is off the chain. It's it's like there there is a good story in here, and it is so." so incredibly overshadowed by the madness. Yes, by just everything else that is just completely ridiculous about the episode. So, And, I mean, it's yeah. fun. Like, there are people pashing in the hallways and people going crazy. It's not drunkenness. It's, like, what my mum thinks happens when people get drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just, it's yeah. the way, it's the way your mother that. probably treated you when you were 12 years old. <laughs> Yeah, with no actual like reflection on on actual human behavior at all. And even though you're making a science fiction show, you have like even more reason to ground the characters' interactions in a true human fashion because you're so mm. far away from that. You you need that. 
exactly. my opinion anyway, to, to hang on to. If you made a science fiction show that didn't have any humans and it was just random aliens and slugs and stuff, people wouldn't have any interest in it. Yeah, exactly. Unless it was kind of you made it at least somewhat relatable, that sort of thing. Yeah, so exactly. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. You still need to hang on to the human story. That's the reason anyone's paying attention to this piece of art that you're making, mm. one way or the other. And, I mean, it, it, it does go from craziness to craziness, and it doesn't ever seem to be really backed up. You have uh, Wesley Crusher, the random kid that no one really ever seemed to like, ever. He starts playing pranks and tricks everyone. He finds a way to take over engineering which really just flags to us that, once again, there's no level of supervision whatsoever that in a military yeah. spacecraft, the most important people of the engineering division seem completely comfortable in handing the reins over to a child. Yeah. I'm sure there's got to be something in the rules of engagement that state that that's not something that's ever going to happen, but here we are. Yeah. And then he uses, his, uh, he uses his yak back to take over the entire spaceship. Everyone's drunk, and now he also seems to has a, have a force field as well. I yeah, didn't see I, that before when he was... I suppose that's there, kind of why there. they... I guess, I guess it's kind of the whole the whole Chekhov's gun situation. Like, when they introduced his, like, mm. ability to make the flying chair... The remote control chair, sorry. So it's kind of like, oh, I guess they had that there just to be like, oh, look what he's going to do now. Which he but, did. But he used it in a completely different way it. that wasn't exactly. related to the actual story itself. It's like, if he'd uh, said, oh, look, I've managed to make a shield wall, it'd be like, awesome. <laughs> but it, but they made the chair fly instead. Did they change their yeah. minds halfway through? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's what happened. They just Maybe just something lost in translation. Who knows? And Dave, do you recall the piece of poetry uh, that was read during this? I, I very much do. I, I was quite fond of it, actually. I thought... Uh, if you're able to recite it, let's do it. There was a young woman from Venus whose body was shaped like a... And I, I think the rest of that limerick is is really the mystery that I'd like solved for myself. Yeah, because clearly this whole episode, they, they've told us in the first <laughs> ten minutes of, uh, okay, everyone's getting space ligma, that's what it is. It's <laughs> space ligma. Mate, I'm, I'm willing to put the ligma aside and just focus on the limerick from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just... um. The mystery needs to be solved. I don't know what it, what, what the I want to know what dirty word. jokes are like in the future. Yeah, exactly. This like, is what I mean. Let's humanize this story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just sort of like, which which was kind of which I did like that fact that he made that kind of that little poem. So it's kind of like it's not completely like this future world where there's just no humor whatsoever. Yeah. And what's interesting about doing a review of an episode like this is you would expect to normally be talking about the the tropes, the events, the storyline of of what you're actually reviewing. I, I would expect mm. to be doing uh, a literary review and giving some deeper commentary. But there's there's so much craziness. I mean, we're here uh we've got to the point where you have the expected plot twists. Oh my God, because engineering's been taken over. People have pulled out the futuristic computer chips and uh, everyone's going to die. And we've got these incredibly high stakes. Meanwhile, at the same time, um, we've realized that the cure we had was a false positive and we don't actually have the cure at all. And what should be quite interesting writing, but again, is just, 
foreshadowed by, in this case, uh, extreme sexy times. Exactly. It's just, and that sexy times. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Who, who that's between? <laughs> you'd, like, you'd, you'd like me to tell you. <laughs> Go ahead, mate. Give us a lesson. So okay. when, when does this start? Uh, let me explain it to you, David. Everyone's resident android data comes in to, to check in on the chief of security, Natasha Yar. Hmm. And what is an incredibly inappropriate exchange? And I, I, I don't imagine that you would see things on TV like this today. And I don't see why you would have seen things on TV when this actually aired. Yeah, she makes yeah. commentary around how she was chased by rape gangs as a child while dressed in uh, scanty clothing uh, and asked about his sexual proficiency. Mm. And before you make a joke or two about that, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Often in the communities that, that appreciate Star Trek The Next Generation, there's a lot of commentary about how incredibly good she looks in her in her tied up dress, showing her midriff, her hair slicked back, uh, wearing some uh, bright red lipstick. What's your thoughts on that, Dave? Do you agree I mean, with the consensus? I mean, somewhat, yes. Like you know, she's got got the makeup and like that midriff thing is pretty cool. And then she's got that one little, just that one little bit of hair that like goes down yeah. and it's like curl. That just looks kind of. I don't know what to think about it. It looks kind of ridiculous, but it's when it someone tries really, really hard to be super cool and they completely drop the ball. Exactly. It's like you've put in the effort. I can see no, this. This will be cool in the waste. future. We promise. And I know that some people out there, some of our listeners, might appreciate the Superman look. Yeah, it yeah. Like, it looks like it's been super glued to the top of her head. It does. It does. It's not like it's. It's a Harry it's, Potter of hair. Yes, perfect. And I just love as well, that, like, so the, it, it's it's completely ridiculous and, like, inappropriate, like you said as well. But, like, you know, so Data comes in, she's trying to, you know, mm. seduce him, get him to go to bed with her, that sort of thing. And uh, she asks him about she's his totally sexual... a robot. Yeah, because, you know, even though it, it established earlier that, you know, Data was fine and he was, wasn't affected, and then she's like, oh, I, I need love from you, that sort of thing. And then rather than... As expected, you, you would expect Data to say something like, oh, I need to get you to sickbay, we can't do that, blah, blah, blah. But he just plays on, play, plays along with it. Furthermore, he's uh, he says a line where he's uh, brought, he's, what does he say again? It's, he's, he's, versed, he's, he's, he's versed in multiple techniques. Versed I think in, the, yes, multiple techniques. So it's, you, uh, You'd expect him to, to be a little harder to get. Yeah, but he's just, you know, he's, he's just with it, so... There you go, I guess. Maybe maybe he has he has space ligma somehow as well. Maybe it's just... <laughs> who knows? Space ligma all around by this point. I think we'll come across this later at the end of our podcast where we predict, based on having no knowledge of the series itself, what it's about. But mm. it almost seems like this is a robotic rom-com with Data at the centre. He is the easy lay robotic dildo with legs <laughs> that can serve any woman's needs throughout the galaxy without a hint of self-control. Meanwhile, the genius playboy philanthropist, second in command, Will Riker, uh, gently carries his ex-lover to the hospital wing when she's not well. 
Yeah, so it's... What does it's that just, tell you, Dave? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just... Uh, this episode, man, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's doing my head in. Have we missed out on making any um, robotic sex jokes, or do you think we've walked the line? I think uh, think think that's about as much as we can milk out of that scene as we can. So, <laughs> so, so we're going on to okay. the next scene, and it's very clear that this space ligma has it's being it's being passed around like at an alarming rate. There's so there's people making out in the halls. Um, the kids in control of the ship. Everything's just gone haywire, completely haywire at this point. And then the doctor comes in, saying that she believes she has been infected too. Asks the captain into like a, a separate room. And, and I think like, this is like the the final, most actually interesting off the wall element in this story, mm-hmm. when the doctor and the captain clearly have profound amounts of uh, sexual tension, but unlike the robot man have actual self-control. Yes, like, given that he's a robot, you think he would have more self-control. I just love that the Star Trek fans are going to be um, wriggling in their chairs, preparing to send us tweets uh, to let us know that Data is, in fact, an android and not a robot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I I will be ignoring any message that says exactly that. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in that scene as well, just one part that just is absolutely hilarious. The doctor's right up in the captain's face. Um, she's kind of, at this point, it's very clear. She's she's trying to t- talk to him about about the virus. And then she's like, oh, but I have all these feelings for you. So it's it's clear that the, the space ligma is starting to take control of her now. And then as she's talking to the captain, but then he just, she's talking to him. And then he just gives off this, he makes this really weird laugh. You have to, you have to, you you can't go past the laugh. The laugh is amazing. I feel like we should take the laugh and just include that in our intro music. (laughs) Yeah, I should just, yeah, we'll definitely use it there. Like, actually... Watching, rewatching this episode, I actually went back and watched that laugh several times because at first I, I thought it was, you know, something in the background. I'm like, that's ridiculous for him to laugh like that in that situation. Yeah. And it, do, it does happen really quickly. And then a, a moment later, she's telling him about how she hasn't had a man in so, so long. Yeah. It's just. It's just Again, mind, episode two. Episode two of what is apparently a groundbreaking sci fi series for the ages. And funnily enough, like, actually proved to be one. My favourite bit, uh, I think it came just before that, they're they're in the bridge and there's a couple of control men sitting at their computers doing God knows what, pressing buttons on the computers that you think the computer could do by itself, given that it's not actually, the ship isn't actually doing anything at this point. Mm. And did you notice the man on the left gets sweaty, gets bored, and then just walks away? (laughs) yeah it's just he just gives up he's just yeah or whatever i've got other places to be, to do. Places to be. everyone else is having fun yeah. why gonna, am i here right guys i'm gonna clock off early today see you tomorrow and then in engineering as well it's just you just see shimoda he's just sitting there on the ground he's got all the little the futuristic like microchip things and he's like playing Even playing jenga with them yeah he's just like playing jenga with them ha- having the time of his life sitting there like this um very, very happy six-year-old kid. Meanwhile, the the star is exploding. Whatever are we going to do? 
Good heavens. Since Data is fictionally drunk like everyone else, why don't we just get him to put all the chips back in? Because he is an android robot man. Bada bing, bada boom. Just in time to fly the ship away. Meanwhile, we've we've got the cure. Hand that around. Space Ligma, be gone. Yeah, and everyone's that, that, happy again. That would be the expected turn of events, would it not? <laughs> well, that's what happens, Dave. <laughs> Finally, after, you know, just this whole just complete wacky episode of just ups and downs, everything going crazy. Clearly there are no anti-vaxxers in the future. Because yeah. we, we, we hand around the, the cure for Ligma and everyone's better. Yeah, it actually works. It's great. Doctor. Funny that. There must be a cure, some formula. So to finish up each episode, Dave, we mm-hmm. predict, based on that episode, what we think the rest of that entire series must be like and what it must be about. Yes. So why don't we share with our listeners, Dave, exactly how much we do know about Star Trek The Next Generation in this case, uh, so that our listeners know exactly how much we're blanking out of our minds as we make our premonitions of what the rest of the series is about. All right. How much have you ever seen, Dave? Um, for me, this is actually be pretty accurate to say that I haven't seen much because I've seen bits and pieces of it. Of course, I know, you know, Captain Picard, um, but I really haven't watched a lot of this series myself. Um, so this is actually I've watched mm. the, the first episode and then currently watching the second. Obviously, we've just watched it. I've seen bits and pieces here and there. So, yeah, I really haven't actually watched a lot of this show. So, yeah. And I am a little ashamed to say that I have seen almost every Star Trek ever. And I do like it quite a lot. Well, I think that's good. This gives us a, a perspective from one, one person who's obviously a big Star Trek fan yourself, who's um, seen all the episodes or most of the episodes at least, and then somebody who's just seen bits and pieces, which being me. So. Well, big Star Trek fan. That's out there on the internet now <laughs> to haunt me for the rest of my entire life. Thank you very much. No problem. Why don't you go first then, Dave? Uh, having never seen this, what is the future uh, of this series known as Star Trek The Next Generation based on this single episode? Projecting this forward a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. it just feels like every episode self-contained, but they just get up to lots of space shenanigans. It's just a, just a <laughs> big one big old happy family, space shenanigans, space having mischief. fun, space mischief. That's exactly it. Getting space drunk uh, now that they are uh, space ligma negative. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you, Nathan? Any? Uh, what are your thoughts uh, when, while we wrap up this episode? Oh, well, I think it's really clear that this is a, a bunch of capering idiots uh, who are incapable of doing the most basic things correctly. I think we'll see uh, Commander Data fraternizing and sleeping around throughout the universe. I think we'll see Commander Will Riker remaining chaste uh, and respecting... Uh, respecting women and remaining virginal uh, in, in all circumstances as we go forward. As as you say, I think they're going to uh, jape around the universe, just checking in on their friends, making sure things are okay, while blundering into mistakes of their own. And that's what Star Trek The Next Generation is all about. <laughs> Absolutely. Could not agree more. Well, I think I speak for us both, Dave, when I say that uh, this has been an absolute mistake. Uh, it <laughs> it has been <laughs> full of you can problems. Say that again. It's full of issues, but that's what we do best at Rough in the Diamonds. 
Absolutely. That is why we are here. That's why we're here, to find the worst of the best and bring it to our listeners' ears. I'm Nathan. You can find me on Twitter at Microwave Meal. Uh, if our listeners want to find you, Dave, how are they best to get in contact? I'm a bit of a bit of a celebrity on Facebook. Go ahead, look up on Facebook, David Garrett Meme Expert. You will find me there. The Facebook page, David Garrett Meme Expert. Yep. Consider it liked. Perfect. This has been Rough in the Diamonds. Uh, we'll see you again soon with another tragic mess. Thanks for listening. Thanks okay. for listening.